You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. There is a place where time stands still, where nature is harsh and demanding, where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and you go through that doorway to the greatest little country in the world. Hello everyone out there listening. This is Annie, the showreel, looking at Australian film and moving image production. Today we are talking to Illy Bear, director of The Leadership. It follows a voyage of discovery for 76 STEM scientists, that is science, technology, engineering, maths and medical practitioners, all female, on a voyage to Antarctica. The Leadership charts the 2016 pilot voyage of a groundbreaking global initiative called Homeward Bound, aimed to skill women in STEM with the tools to advance, be visible, be heard and succeed in making a greater contribution and better outcomes for the planet. It is showing at MIF in August and there will be a panel discussion with some of the participants in the film you won't want to miss. This is what Ely had to say. Thanks very much for talking to me. I was very interested in your film, The Leadership. I mean, well, 76 uh, STEM scientists, female, on a ship going down to Antarctica to learn about leadership, to learn about themselves. How did you get involved as a uh, filmmaker? I became involved, I was extremely fortunate. Um, I, our producer, Greer Simkin, had, um, had, had uh, came to me with the project. She had already kind of thought that this would be a wonderful, um, uh, exciting thing to document. It was a pretty audacious experiment to take these kind of, all of these women down to Antarctica. Um, and she thought that it could make a, a wonderful documentary. Um, and she'd been talking, talking with Fabian about that. Um, and so she approached me to, to see if I would like to be involved. And I thought it was, you know, I thought it would be a wonderful opportunity. Um, and also had fantastic potential for wonderful stories and also to put really a human face to the statistics, um, about, uh, women in STEM, that science, technology, engineering, math and medicine, <laughs> and their career drop-offs. And um, so I thought that it would be a really great, great thing to do. And, of course, I have always wanted to go to Antarctica. So um, this was a fantastic opportunity to get there as well. Yeah, it's a really fascinating uh, piece of uh, filmmaking that you've put together because you're right, uh, there are some fantastic uh, characters involved in this uh, because these are all high-achieving people in their fields who have come up against the issues that make it impossible for them to move forward in their careers. But the landscape 
is a fantastic tool for uh, exposing their wonder in the world as well as the dangers of their lives. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the landscape itself is so arresting. Um, and in the film, I think it functions, functions as both, a, um, it, it's a literal embodiment of what's at stake if we don't have the all of the best minds, um, not only in, in in science but also in in scientifically informed leadership to 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 make sure that um, that this wonderful place Antarctica remains pristine and doing what it needs to do for our planet. So. On, on, a, on a very basic level, the, the landscape serves that kind of thematic function, but it also kind of became a kind of um, a, a, a metaphor in a way as well for what was going on the ship, uh, going on on the ship in a more dramatic sense. Yeah, it's interesting to put so many because it's a closed, uh, closed world experiment in a way. Even though they do stop at places and get off and have a look at things and stuff like that. Uh, tell me about the challenges for you as a filmmaker, because it's pretty. It would have been pretty. How, how did you approach it? Um, what do you mean? How did we approach the filming? On yeah, the ship? yeah, yeah. Is that's that what, what I mean. Asking? Yeah, because obviously later on. Yeah. yeah. Tell me about that. Um, well, we knew that it would be a challenge, as as it was for everybody on the ship to to be on the ship for twenty one days um, and be living in that kind of confined space. So you do during the film, you hear, you know, I think one of our characters says, "Oh, there's no privacy, and someone can always hear what you're saying," and you know, and so we as a as a documentary crew also obviously experienced that as well and that's really different to when you are filming in in other environments with a in in a documentary sense because um in a in in other documentary shoots that i've been on you might be with people all day who you're, you're filming with but you then kind of go back to your own space at night or you might go away for a few weeks and then come back and revisit. But this was a this was a very kind of compressed and different experience. So I think the challenges around that were 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 both um, rolling with that. But also it became a kind of shared experience as well. So so that was kind of quite bonding with all of the all of the participants in the program. It's time and it's real time. Uh the narrative that runs in the film and the uh, uh, homogeneous uh, whole that becomes the film in the end, were you aware of the types of items that you were going to pursue before you got to the edit stage? You know, when you're collecting the, sh the shots? Um, in some senses, yes. I mean, I think that we set out to make a film that would be both inspiring but also really kind of document um, some of the problems that women in STEM face um, through personal kind of stories. So we knew that the women on the ship were all uh, had a STEM background, and we also knew that there would have been each of them, you know, would have had experienced challenges and obstacles there was a there, each of them had their own reason 
to want to be on that ship, to want to connect with other women scientists that they hadn't necessarily had the opportunity to do to, to you know to do so before because often they're the only women in their field or their laboratory or their department. So in that sense, we knew that um, that we wanted to, to 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 follow to follow that. What we didn't know was what was going to happen on board, how it was all going to pan out, how people were going to get along, what they were going to get out of the experience, and also what what it was going to be like for Fabian Datner, who was their leader, teaching them about leadership, what challenges she would experience. So the, that that was the kind of the unknown. But that is also the beauty of documentary, is that you can set out to make one thing that actually you need to follow what is in front of you to be authentic. And so that's that's what we that's what we did. And I think that that means that um yes, we have a film that is inspiring, that is um that does tell us about the challenges about um that these women face in their careers. But we also explore thorny questions about, well, how how do we help these women and what do we do about that and how do we what what are, you know how do we wrestle with these kinds of systemic challenges there's some fantastic characters they're lovely people uh and also of course the uh the uh important element of uh probably uh fabian's uh Detmer's role uh where she gets the people one of the important things that she had to share was that people had to confront themselves individually for there to be change. Um, and that was incredibly compelling for a lot of the people there because because they came from uh, scientific backgrounds, they're very precise, they've been trained to fit in, all those types of things, uh, but also uh, put aside their emotional selves. Um, this was a very powerful message, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think um, it's it's it definitely provoked many different responses on board, as you can see in the film. Yeah, very powerful uh, and very uh, useful, I would have thought. And uh, the um, when when you uh, went away and uh, edited the film, uh, I, I have to give congratulate you on the. Um, uh, cleverness of uh, visually introducing us to individuals and then following through the story. It was a very uh, clever technique. Uh, it's very Your film is uh, very elegant, I think. Oh, thank you so much. That's really nice to hear. <laughs> so how did that... Uh, was that something... Have you had a lot of experience editing or was it... Who, who did the edit? Um, I worked with um, an editor called Lindy Harrison, who's a really experienced documentary, a feature documentary editor. Um, and we worked very closely uh, for quite a while. Um, we had a lot of footage because we didn't, nece- we didn't necessarily know who we were going to follow when we began filming on the ship. We didn't know how it was all going to turn out. It happened, so we ended up rolling for a lot of the time when we were on the ship. So we did have a lot of footage to kind of to, to sort through and to, to go through. But one of the things in terms of kind of, I guess, following characters on the ship and then wanting to know who they were 
off the ship in their childhood or in their day-to-day life. Um, that was something that I, when, we, when I was on the ship, I was very aware that we would need to do in a storytelling sense because when we were on the ship, there was a, it's a very similar kind of, I guess, visual palette. Um, and it's because it, we're all in the same world. We're all in the same location. So Antarctica, as beautiful and varied as it is, 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 it, it still has kind of like a, a flavour, if you like, a visual flavour that we return to. And I knew that if we wanted to really get to know these women, we would have to see them both on the ship but also off the ship. And one of the things I really wanted to capture with them was their kind of the reasons why they were interested in their um, scientific research or their, their fields in the first place, and often that came from a childhood sense of wonder and excitement and passion. And that's what still drove these women, despite the challenges that they were had experienced in their in their professional lives. But it, it's uh, quite uh, haunting, actually, the uh, abuse, sexual harassment, bullying um, set against... Uh, this lie that uh, science is all about met- met- meri- I can't even say it meritocracy meritocracy <laughs> yeah. and that uh, men are just not, uh, uh, more competitive yeah. when obviously there's such yeah. social well, I- barriers yeah, and I think, I mean, I think that's one of the things that's really interesting about this is that, you know, um, we're kind of encouraged to conceive of science as, you know, as a, as a discipline that is very evidence-based and is about data and is immune from kind of cultural bias. And we all have, we all um, have cultural bias in, you know, um, inbuilt, whether or not we like it or not, and nothing is immune from culture. So I think that's one that's one interesting um, thing that makes it a kind of like a rich territory to explore this in. But I also think, you know, when we, when we set out on this journey um, to Antarctica, President Trump was the president-elect. Me, um, the Me Too movement had, had not yet happened because uh, it was the end of 2016 so um, Me Too really kind of came to the fore in 2017 so it's really interesting for us looking back to kind of go well all of these women um, you know on board the ship and they're, they're talking about all of this stuff that actually really kind of came to the fore they were concerned about leadership and they were concerned about that that they you know many of them had some really shocking experiences in their professional lives that meant that they were you know um they were still hanging in there in science trying to but many of their female colleagues had already left and um and and so i think you know that 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 passage of time um, it also makes the film kind of quite interesting looking. Yeah, back. it is. Also, uh, you you do follow ups. You find out if some people actually had positive outcomes, and there were positive outcomes, weren't there? Of this journey. Yeah, and I think that I think that's one of the things that kind of that um, that that is important because I think it makes us kind of realise well, um, these you know. Um, 
these, it's important for these women to succeed, not just because it's fair and right that they do, but because they're making really important contributions to um, a scientific research, policy, innovation and things that, it, that affect many, many people's lives. And at the moment, when um, the importance of science and kind of um, leadership that acts on, on, on um, scientific advice um, is really important, I think that kind of adds an extra currency to, to this whole debate. The, the business about uh, the questions that are asked are the most important things, that if you exclude a whole section half of the population then uh, and you do it actively and and uh, willfully pretending that it's the norm uh, then uh, and natural then you're actually selling short society yeah I think so and I, I would also hope as well you know there are there are other things that have happened even more recently that are um, that show us that it's not just kind of it's not just about looking at gender. It's also about about looking at race as well. And I think that, you know, um, the women on this ship are largely white. They're very well educated and, um, and, and privileged. And if they are experiencing these kinds of barriers, um, you know, what about when we look at at at, um, at women with you know with different kind of intersectional lenses? Like, to, to, we look at um, women of different races, and what about the barriers that they face? I think there's um, it's worthwhile kind of. I would hope that in the conversation that we start after after watching this film, that we kind of also have that kind of, those kinds of conversations as well. Yeah. Um, have, you, you showed it at uh, the Sydney Film Festival and it's coming up at MIF. And I know that there's going to be uh, further discussions like forums as well. And what sort of responses are you getting? Um, well, we're getting um, some really great responses. We're getting um, responses from women in different professions as well, kind of sort of saying, oh, I, had, I found so much to relate to in this. And we're also um, getting responses from men who are seeing the film and are talking to their partners and colleagues and asking them questions that they'd never asked before. So that's what we, you know, that that those are the kinds of conversations that we are, are really hoping to have. How long did it take you to edit it? Because it really was a really nicely put together film. You did a good job. Oh, thank you. I actually, it it was many months, but um, I also had a second baby, kind of after returning um, from Antarctica, that meant that. I think it did. It, it, it certainly delayed the beginning of the edit, but it then extended the edit quite a bit because um, I was, you know, uh, also had two children under under four. So I was sort of, in some ways, living the challenge that many of the women <laughs> on board had either experienced in the past or were were kind of grappling with, which was kind of, well, how do I, how how do I um, devote as much time as I want to my kind of professional endeavours at the same time as um, as as with kind of caring responsibilities that that juggle that 
um, women experienced and it's not particular to women in STEM at all. Um, so it was, yeah, it was a, it was a long edit of many months. It's interesting because uh, it's a natural thing for people to have children um, and it's, it, uh, it, that's just one of the things that gets uh, pointed out in, for me anyway, is this idea that, that something as natural as this should be impossible for a culture or a society to actually alter its behaviours. And it's been proven that it's possible because that's what, I mean, they're scientists. Uh, it's possible you have a problem, solve the problem. Uh, the intransience of society to actually resolve these problems. And I noticed that you had statistics that were beautifully uh, overlaid at certain points. The business about the women, uh, only six countries in the entire world have equal rights at work for women. And uh, only, and women get, across the world, get 37% less pay than than men these are staggering figures yeah and i think that um i think what's been happening recently is is interesting in terms of um in terms of you know i'm no global expert <laughs> but i could talk in terms of what's been happening recently with um like covid and shutdowns and um i've been reading articles about the fact that you would think that if you had two parents at home working, if everybody was at home all the time, then the labour might be more evenly shared, the domestic labour might be more evenly shared. But the studies are showing that that's actually not the case. Um, and so it is, it's an interesting, it, it, it's, you know, some of the conversations that I'm really hoping that the film can contribute to are um, kind of, wanting to talk about well how can we change these things that mean that the burden sort of largely falls on women that means that um that and and it can come at a cost to their career yeah thanks for talking to me no thank you very much and thanks for um such a positive reading of the film Good morning, everyone. Hola. of losing this place. I fear. Any kind of monster. Dogs. Growing up. Politics scares me more than anything. Stay safe. When I close my eyes, I can see all different people in the world. <laughs> I can feel it. I can touch it. I can see it. 
ever. <laughs> You're back with Annie on Showreel on 3CR and we have been listening to a clip put together to celebrate a film that came out in 2010 called A Day in the Life, which was put together by Kevin MacDonald and Ridley Scott from films sent to them from around the world, documenting a day in the life of everyday people from around the world. It's on again 10 years later, and I thought some people might be interested in taking part. The date for filming is July the 25th. Here is the pitch McDonald put up on YouTube. What do you love? What do you fear? What would you like to change in the world? My name's Kevin McDonald, and I'm a film director, and I'd like to make a film with you. (laughs) On July the 25th, take your camera, film your day, and tell your story. It's called Life in a Day 2020, and it's a crowdsourced documentary, a portrait of the world on a single day. Everybody and anybody is relevant to this film, no matter what your experience is. This is actually a sequel to a film we made 10 years ago. July 24th, 2010. The first one was a statement of where we were then, and this will be a statement of where we are now. You don't need me to tell you that this has been an extraordinary year. There are so many huge, important things going on in the world, and that might be reflected in what you film. But what's going to be of interest to you might be something more intimate, something more personal. Today we're going to video Sasha's first ever shave. What's important to you in your life, your specific life? What we don't want is the glossy, perfect social media version of you. We want authenticity, we want reality. My advice is just do it. The film will then be shown at the Sundance Film Festival and be available for everyone to see on YouTube. This film is going to be something we hope people will look back on and say, oh, that's what it was like in 2020. On the 25th of July, get your phone charged, your camera ready, and let's make a movie together. Life in a day, it's all about you. If you are interested in filming your day, go to YouTube for the info about format, etc. No money, just kudos. It gets screened at Sundance and during these trying COVID times, it might be an interesting diversion. That's it from Showreel this week. Hear from me next week. Keep safe. Oh
3CR Community Radio 855 AM on digital and online. 3CR Radical Radio. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.